0: Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. Our guest today is Yvonne Liu, who's a freelance writer based in Los Angeles. And I came across her work because of a short story she wrote for the New York Times in their Tiny Love Stories series. And just, I'm going to have her read it for you in a minute, but just based on this, I knew I had to know more and talk to her. She's also currently working on a memoir about mental health, childhood trauma, and adoption. Yvonne, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I want... Go ahead.
1: This is my 98-word piece that published uh, in June 2021, Never Forget Me. She left me on a busy Hong Kong stairwell, not to die, but to be found. It would take decades for me to receive her only message. Until then, I knew her as, quote, a prostitute, uneducated, uncaring, unquote. At least, that's what my adoptive Chinese-American mother said, ashamed and angry about her infertility. To learn the truth, it seemed I'd have to be dying. The night before my breast cancer surgery at age 30, my adoptive mother finally showed me my biological mother's words, notable for their elegant, intelligent Chinese script. Never forget me. I will never forget you. Bye, Yvonne Liu.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Yvonne, um, the Tiny Love Story series is sort of this thing that the New York Times does where they ask writers to submit. It's 100 words or less, correct? For the
1: Tiny Love Stories uh, section, yes. Okay. Tiny Love Stories.
0: All right, so tell me about your, your Chinese and you were adopted by a Chinese-American family. And what had you always been told about your biological mother? Well, um...
1: My adopted mother, who I'll just refer to as mother for simplicity's sake, was a pretty uh, jealous woman, and so she didn't want to tell me very much about my past. I knew I was adopted, but like when she would get angry, she would say, oh, your mother's a prostitute, or, um, you know, where would you be if we didn't adopt you? So not exactly the most healthy things to say to a, a child.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. And you, um, you write more about this in a piece that you recently did for Salon, which is going to be in the show notes as well. Oh my gosh, I was riveted by your writing. I, um, you, to say that your childhood was somewhat traumatic, and there was seems like verbal and mental abuse going on the way that your uh, mother and father talked to you, you know,
1: Yes, they were pretty abusive, uh, to say the least. Um, You know, they both had issues. They went through a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. They lived through two wars in China. They came over um, as immigrants. And, you know, we lived in the Midwest, and I grew up, uh, you know, at a time. Well, anyways, um, they were emotionally abusive. They were certainly... um, Probably mentally abusive, and you know there
0: was some physical abuse. oh my gosh avon mm. I, I um after so you were had this breast cancer, and that's when she decided to kind of tell you the truth. So did you ever learn anything else about your origin story? no that's
1: I, in, in a sense it's been a lifetime journey. I guess I've been searching for my mother. A loving mother all my life and in fact when I walk I sometimes look in the clouds uh, and I talk to her sometimes when I would um, you know, see a, a woman who looked like me who was older I thought maybe she's my mother I did you know was um, very fortunate to have one or two people who have been like substitute mothers however when my mother was alive and I would become close to another woman She did her best to break the relationships.
0: Yeah. There there was probably a lot of jealousy there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, what was the reaction to this tiny love story that you wrote? I I mean, how did people respond?
1: I have to tell you, I have been absolutely floored and moved. Um, I posted uh, it in uh, different Facebook groups, like, subtle Asian mental health, subtle um, um, Asian relationships, Uh, and I think those two groups, I got over a thousand likes, and I've got hundreds and hundreds of comments, and I would say maybe 20, 25 percent people say they're actually crying, and I just feel so touched that people were moved by my story, and uh, so many people have reached out to me. I've talked to individuals, and, you know, there's a lot of trauma, there's trauma and the entire adoption triad, the child, the mother who gave up the child and, you know, the parents adopting the child. And there's a lot of pain through there, but, you know, I've come close to some of these ladies and, you know, we share in our bond, you know, and I hope that by writing my truth, by finally throwing off these shackles of shame that I can help other people. Cause you have to see that in the Asian American community, traditionally, many people are very ashamed of adoption. And my mother was shamed because she was infertile. Mm. She didn't fulfill Confucius's greatest mandate for women to bear children. So therefore, it was shameful that she had to Get
0: me from somewhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. And can I tell you something? I mean, you know, Indians were Asian too, but this is also mm-hmm. common in the Indian culture. And uh I was really touched that you could be so honest, but also, you know, by you saying how old are you, Yvonne? Um, sixty two. Sixty two, so no I more shame there. Yeah, don't I mean, no shame, exactly. Yes, right. Exactly. But I loved that you were you're so honest about this because we are not going to change if we are not honest about some of these things and things that we keep passing off as culture. That's just our culture. We've really got to reexamine here.
1: Yeah, and I think what it is also is that, you know, this culture of shame, of secrets, it is so toxic. And the thing is, by opening up about it, I mean, uh, you know, it was published just as the pandemic, things were getting a little better. I went to see groups, people, like Chinese friends and other people, and they'd say, thank you for sharing this. Thank you for talking about things that people don't talk about. And in fact, uh, you know, I've just started to post my salon piece, and in so many groups, even in um, people are saying, I was the black sheep too. I was Mm -hmm. scapegoated. And they said, I wish I had stopped trying to win the love of my parents earlier. It's hard. It's hard. so many
0: it's so hard it's so hard and yeah. the you know that yeah. idea you keep going back to the well um you know to to be to get nourishment but you can't get it there um and it's uh i loved what you wrote in the salon piece about at one point you're just like i my, i don't have the bandwidth and i have to cut these ties um some degree because i need to save my current family And I loved that because I think that if you would have kept engaging at that moment, it would impact the way that you were mothering, and you wanted to break cycles here.
1: Generational trauma is so real. And, you know, I have to say, I um, I commend my brother, his wife, his his family, and my husband and I. We all worked hard consciously to stop the generational trauma. Someone actually said to me, um, whenever you were going to do something in parenting, Whatever your parents would do, do
0: the opposite yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, consciously for the first step, I think is awareness and then um, to really actively say, I don't want to do this, you know, And mm-hmm. I want to ask you something. Did you yeah. when you decided to um, do, you know, in the salon piece, you when you decided I'm going to really limit my uh, interactions with my parents mm-hmm. who are toxic. Did you tell them that you were going to do that? Or did you just do it? Uh, you know, were they, how were, was, how did they receive it? Did they not care because they didn't really want to talk to you anyway?
1: Um, I never had that conversation. I just did it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're kind of, uh, they're actually intellectually uh, astute people. And so they could sense things, but it was, it was just, it was toxic being around them. And then, I know other ladies say, it's true, after we spend some time with them, afterward you feel drained and you just feel so kind of upset and you realize that emotion is spilling out to your own family. Mm
0: -hmm. That's right. And you don't want
1: to either project or transfer your feelings toward your parents, toward them. I did the obligatory, saw them Chinese New Year. As my father said, if a child doesn't come home for Chinese New Year, they're not a
0: child of that family anymore. Mm. Yeah. Kind of extreme, but that's the way, uh, that's the way the toxic, uh, dynamic usually works. It's the ultimatum. It's the extreme. Um, and I, the word bandwidth that you use in the salon piece Mm. is that's exactly what it is. Um, you, you've written so eloquently about this. Do you, you, what could you, what do you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? Because you sort of had these realizations into adulthood, right?
1: Yes, into probably middle age. I would say, I think it's probably, you know, late thirties, early forties. I just said, I've got three kids, you know, I can't spend the time um, dealing with this. Um, and then to act, even when you try to interact, you would be accused. Well, you don't visit us so much. Well. Mm-hmm. You have to remember also in the traditional Chinese, there are different words for the maternal side and the paternal side. Mm-hmm. So whether you're, the word for auntie, it, 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 one knows immediately it's your mother's or your father's. And in some of the dialects, the word for grandma, or grandpa is either why po why, which means outside. And so my parents would say, well, you're a loo now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Kind of kind of like um, damned if you do and damned if you don't, because if you had not married and started a family, you'd mm. be doomed as a failure. You know, they, they wouldn't like that. Right. And then you were, um, and they still have something to say about it, which is the point with a narcissist and that kind mm-hmm. of a person. You are never going to make them happy. You're not. And I think, uh, you know, you even talk about you sort of grieved the fact that it's a relationship that was just never going to be.
1: Right. You know, people say hurting people hurt. They, and I just learned that I had to find my own self-love and acceptance within myself. It would never be from them because they felt inside they were never enough. So they couldn't give apparently that love to me. And then, unfortunately, this black and white thinking, as people have said um, after this parental favoritism piece, one is the black sheep, as I said in the article, one is the black sheep, the other is the golden child. And it's through those lens that no matter what you do, it's, you're either praised for it, and you're given that golden boy status for no effort on your own. Right. <laughs> Just that You happen, you happen to have a, uh, you know, a different
0: chromosome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I know Indian families, um, actually I'm thinking of a few right now that exemplify this exact thing that you're talking about. Um, Did you ever, so after you you survived breast cancer, and you've never gone, have you ever gone to China, visited China?
1: I went to China, um, I think, uh, uh, again, uh, probably 15 years ago, I would love to go back. I have never been to Hong Kong, my actual birthplace, Mm -hmm. and I definitely want to go back.
0: Mm -hmm. would you be interested in trying to locate um of course i guess she left you at a doorstep so you're not even exactly sure where probably right
1: yeah it was on um, a store uh, right a busy stairwell and um i know the street name friends have told me that they can try to find the location and i know the name of the orphanage Mm. um so it was the largest um I think, independent orphanage in Hong Kong. And it was very sad to find out that, you know, I was a, a toddler, a baby, just lying in a cot or crib for 15 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know, of course, the studies show that how important those beginning months are to bonding, to social interaction, to human mm-hmm. development. And um, sadly, uh, I didn't have that.
0: How do you um, practice self-love now? How do you embody um, mothering yourself and doing the things to nurture yourself? What does that look like for you?
1: Well, I think uh, I have very, very good friends. I'm very um, fortunate. I've celebrated my 40th wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. I've developed a good, close relationship with my children. Um, I'm in the zone when I write, you know, when I wake up, I have mm-hmm. ideals, I sometimes think of conclusions to stories, mm-hmm. I think of leads, you know, as soon as I, I wake up. And so using, you know, whatever talents I've been given to share my story and to shed a light, you know, that is just very, um, you know, nourishing to me. And then, you know, before, you know, I just, you know, some regular walking. I know, mm-hmm. just walk outside. And, as I said, I'd look in the clouds and imagine my mother and just meditate and pray. Mm.
0: And you're, you have three children. How old are your kids now?
1: My kids are 22 to
0: 29. Okay, and you have a good relationship with them. Talk to me about that. What does that look like for you guys?
1: Well, um... Again, I said, I guess I did the opposite of my uh, mother. I put their needs first, but yet I also raised them that they would be independent. Mm-hmm. And so I'm um, very you know, thankful that they're you know, great young kids, um, young adults, you know, two are in graduate school. They're in helping, studying um, in helping professions and uh, they've got good heads on their shoulders. And that must and be- They're close to each other. They're really close to each other.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And that that must that must give you such joy to know that you were able to turn the trajectory around. Mm-hmm. That's amazing.
1: Well, I think what it shows that, you know, no matter where you start, no matter even if you had a difficult childhood, just through resilience, hard work, self-reflection, and compassion, you can live a better life. Because, and sometimes, you know, I pity my parents for the life that they had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I feel sad for them, but um, but I am grateful they adopted me. Because, as people say, where would you have been otherwise? So, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful they adopted me. And you know, my adopted mother taught me persistence. She was actually a pretty frustrated writer herself.
0: Oh, wow. I
1: think, I believe she probably just wanted to create.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: Also, other people's actions don't bring you shame. mm -hmm. The fact that someone gave me up for adoption, the fact that someone is infertile, the fact that, you know, whatever their actions, that's not my shame. I don't have to put that on me.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not for you to pick that up you know? And Yvonne, what do you think about, um, you know, you're 62. Okay. I'm 44. And I'm amazed at the genesis of, um, all of this just sort of forward movement, right? Uh, towards Mm -hmm. mental health, towards talking about things that we didn't talk about 10 years ago and really naming it. And really, I, I feel like it's just like traveled light years from, you know, when I was younger, do you have you been amazed at that yourself? Like, I find, you know, in the Asian community, people more eager eager to talk about these things, you know, and to tell these stories and make sure that um, we're moving forward.
1: That is so true because, you know, sadly, you know, there are some beliefs that hinder our growth. And the thing is, you know, what Naomi Osaka has done to bring mental health to the forefront has been so freeing. Mm. And actually, I think, uh, and that's actually true of um, cancer, too. I'm actually writing a piece about um, cancer and traditional Asian beliefs surrounding it that, oh, it's karma or, oh, you cause something bad. And so therefore, people keep it secret. And Asian-Americans have the lowest rate of cancer screening Mm. and Among Asian Americans, breast cancer is the highest cause of death for Asian Americans of any ethnicity in America. For every other group, it's heart disease, but for Asians, it's cancer.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yes, I've had women tell me, I would rather die than get a mammogram, truly. Uh And so that's actually a piece I'm working on right now, you know, in conjunction with Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and that is... so about these things and so whether it's mental health and there are reasons why uh, mental health the disparity because one there are not enough um, in proportion to our population which is the fastest growing ethnic group in america Mm -hmm. there aren't as many um, counselors therapists who are asian-american number one two just as in cancer there's a stigma and shame for mental health Because if you think of the perfect uh, model minority saying you're mentally ill, it doesn't jive with
0: that. Right. Or
1: people will say, oh, I'm not crazy, so on and so forth. So I think it's wonderful that these topics are coming out into the public. And I just hope that whatever small platform I have, I'm Yvonne Lou Writer, Twitter and Instagram, I want people to share their stories and see how we can help each other.
0: I love that. Yvonne, you're you're doing really amazing work. And for everybody listening, the stories will be in the show notes. I've tagged her on the Instagram account that goes with this podcast, at the story with charu. And, you know, I, I mean, you really are doing some amazing things, Yvonne. You're a great writer. You're talking about things that are fascinating and interesting and helpful. The piece you did for Salon, I felt every bit of that. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you. So keep doing everything you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. I wrote a profile of a woman who was uh, 101. She was 100 when I wrote it. And then she wrote a book, and I said, I want to be like her. Keep on writing. And something I want on my epita- epitaph, one of the things is, I hope it says, impactful writer.
0: Oh, so. I think it will. I mean, so far, so good. I I, I think it will. I appreciate you making time for us today. And is there anything that I did not ask you? Um, I feel like your, your life is just so rich and uh, full of a story that needs to be told and compassion and empathy, but is there anything that we didn't talk about that you need to address? Never
1: give up on your dreams. My parents wouldn't let me study journalism. I just said I will learn it on my own. I will learn the craft. And uh, whatever your dream is, you
0: know, go for it, you know, I love and the
1: people who are your friends and your family will support you every step of the
0: way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, listen, Avon, thank you again so much. And for everybody listening, please look at the show notes so you can read these stories that she wrote and follow her work on Twitter and Instagram. I've tagged all of it. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy. You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram, at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word, at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format and sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukumaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A dot com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.